TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you for the 433rd time and I couldn't have done one of these episodes without him. He is the country's number one wellness expert and he is the coffee connoisseur. He is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, brother. Hello, brother. Great to be with you once again. And you're right, we couldn't have done this without each other Um I couldn't have done it without you. There's no way. I would have pulled up stumps. I, I think I would have got to about episode 27 at the at the maximum, I reckon. What's the highest test score ever recorded? Would it be 433? Uh, you, you wouldn't be far off it, actually. You can Google yeah, it we, whilst we record, but I think we'd be pretty close to the cricket not out record score. 100 not out. I think we well, just that, lost which every the- listener at the mention of the word cricket, um, but that's well, okay. It was always a play, like 100 not out was always a play. You know, it was a great achievement, raise your bat. You know, when do you raise your bat? Is that 100, 100 not out? And um, that's why we loved it. That's why we went with it. Yeah. It was 100 not we out. We do love it. it. I'm so play. glad. I'm so glad we are that we did yeah, call too. it 100 not out. Now, I've only been drinking coffee for about five wait. years. Oh, yeah, go on. Oh, you got to do something. Yeah. Wait. You got to, yeah. Well, I just want to say hi to Laura Barry and Julie Hill for, for joining us. I love that. Now, I also want to do a little shout out to a little chat. Um, to a, a, a little listener that we have. We've got a little listener and he has been listening for a couple of years and little Jacob Rizaya has been um, listening to us for a couple of couple of years now and he said to me, I loved – I reckon Jacob must be only about eight, I suppose, maybe even younger, maybe seven. He said, I loved it when Marcus drank the cat water, he said to me. <laughs> <laughs> It's keeping it real for you, Jacob. So, keeping it real. Don't you think that is awesome? I just think that's absolutely fantastic. So um, I said to him, what I'll do is I'll do a little shout-out, say hello to you um, on the on the podcast, and I don't know if he thought I would do it's, it or not, but uh, I've done it. No, you're a man of your it. word, and, and yes. what that story, and thank you for sharing that story, does just inject in me is a – more vigilant approach to language choice, knowing yes. now, now knowing now that we have at least one eight-year-old listener, I yes. am going to refrain from any sh words or anything <laughs> else because uh, yes. it's just it's that's it. So there you go, good work, Jacob. Um, now, Great. hopefully, Thanks, Jacob. unless he lived in Ireland or England where it's just the norm. Hopefully, Jacob doesn't drink coffee while they normally drink a lot of tea in Ireland and England. But I've really been infected by the coffee craze uh, through my association with you and I'm so grateful for it because I love my coffee and uh, you have taught me a lot about coffee and I know you love your almond milk. (laughs) Joking, joking. But um, but. We've often joked on this podcast that, you know, long centenarians, the 100 not outers, they're all having coffee, wine, and chocolate, and everyone in society is trying to give up coffee, wine, and chocolate. But over the last three to six months, particularly the last three months, my morning routine has 
it has transformed in that I go down to the cafe at, uh, at Footbridge at 6 o'clock in the morning and I work till about quarter to eight working on the book. So at this phase, it's it's working on marketing the book and um, making some videos and all these other things. But what it does, it changes my coffee habit. It used to be I'd have breakfast in the morning at home. So I'd get up at six, I'd exercise, whatever, I'd make breakfast, have breakfast 7.30, go down to Mrs. Birdie's, have a coffee at about quarter to nine. And I often think of you, Damo, going, it's wise to have your coffee on a full stomach. You know, sometime, I think you're often like saying 30, 45 minutes after the meal. And Mm. I could be wrong, could be taking you out of context here. But I often thought of you when I was having a coffee going, tick, I'm having it on a full stomach. I can so feel why this is so much better. Um, And now I have coffee on an empty stomach. Um, five days a week and I have a large almond latte which is now mm-hmm. often a large oat latte um, mm. and I'm now beginning to go, well, hold on, like I'm not one that um, I don't I don't feel like, you know, Sarah is I think what you described as a slow, uh, a fast metabolizer of, no, a slow metabolizer of caffeine. So she has the shakes and she feels it like she feels that coffee all day long. Whereas I am a, what am I? I'm a fast metabolizer. It's kind of in, it's out. It doesn't really, I don't really feel the buzz. I just like the taste and it's a, I don't know, I feel more creative or whatever. But I want to know, and I think a lot of, I think a lot of people would want to know this. Coffee, is it, you know, empty stomach, full stomach, too early in the morning? Should I be having a golden milk? The people that come in, I've got a heap of questions for you. Why don't you go to her first? Because there's, there's a lot in this. <laughs> There's so much. That's so loaded. That's oh. definitely like a – that's not a three-quarter line. That was like a four-minute-long question. <laughs> that's a double-shot flat white, that question right there. <laughs> Maybe a triple-shot flat white. So the thing about coffee, apart from it being absolutely delicious, uh, in my opinion and obviously your opinion, and mine. Um, is that we need to understand that it contains a chemical, a substance, which is a drug, um, and – like sugar would be a drug or like um, a vitamin might be a drug on the body. Essentially, a drug is something that signals the body to behave in a particular way. So in coffee, we have a drug um, that we talk of a lot called caffeine and caffeine has an effect on the body, um, which is that it stimulates adrenaline or the uh, sympathetic nervous system to um, fire up. So it gets going. So much the same as a fright, um, a, little, a little scare, um, a little bit of stress, a little bit of anxiety, that sort of thing would initiate a sympathetic response within our body. And that has a cascade of effects uh, that take um, a while to calm down. So somewhere between 90 minutes and three hours it'll take for that sort of stress response or stress effect to calm down within the body. Now, there's also a clearance effect. And so for those people that are slow metabolisms of, of caffeine, um, slow metabolizers of caffeine, their effect will last longer. And for those people that are rapid metabolizers of caffeine, they'll clear it out of their system rapidly. Um, they'll have the effect from it and it will, you know, it will be done, job done. Um, still, the effect of the impact of caffeine on the body, which is the stimulation of adrenaline secretion from the adrenal glands, the sympathetic nervous system response, that's going to last for 90 minutes to three hours. Now. That's that's where the issue is if you try to maximize um, the impact of 
caffeine um, in your diet. If you're not too concerned about the nutritional components of your diet, in other words, nutrition is not your forte or nutrition is not really where you're hunting or you don't think that nutrition is going to impact your longevity um, or you couldn't give two fluffs about it and you wanted to focus on the other um, six main areas of your exceptional life, um, if you were just to leave nutrition aside, then you could just have caffeine whenever the heck you want it. Um, but and there, there is are plenty of people that do that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And there's a lot of people that have lived to 100 years old and and have coffee um, at times that, from a nutritionist perspective, would be totally against the grain, so to speak. Hello, Australia's oldest man, Dexter Kruger, who's against the bean. Probably yeah. having a coffee right now. <laughs> Yes, he probably would. No, nah, it's probably a bit early for Dexter. Yeah, it's uh, not midnight. His coffee. Yeah, it's uh, it's about nine hours too early. <laughs> um, Laura says she always has hers first thing in the morning before she does exercise. Well, this is kind of going to be my follow up question: Is breakfast used to be the, you know, the most important meal of the day, and you would break your fast by eating breakfast? But now, mm-hmm. in the bulletproof Dave Asprey, and again, all love to Dave. But uh, the whole philosophy around the first thing to pass your lips at the beginning of the day is like you've got a lot of people out there now that um, that have coffee first thing in the day. And again, at the moment, at this phase of my life, that's what I'm doing. I'm not hungry when I go to the cafe in the morning. I don't want to eat. I want to sip on things, so I'm having coffee and water, right? But there are a lot of people in the bulletproof movement that are having coffee on an empty stomach by design. Um for health benefits as well. So, yeah, what say you? <laughs> I was waiting for that question. Um, I think that what Dave's created is a great awareness around um, the ability of the body to be hacked because that's a biohack at the end of the day. You know, so we look at Laura. She says, couldn't imagine doing my job without coffee. LOL. Lots of love to you too, Laura. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Lots love of that. love to you too, Laura. I love it. I love to it. you too. Yeah, um, the, what that has created is a uh, an expectation that you can continue to hack your metabolism and hack your body for a long period of time. And there's only so many hacks that you can handle before your body will respond in kind and then start to rely on the outcome of the decisions that you've made um, and your design based on gen- your genetics. So you can continue to keep on pushing your body in a particular way and resist it, um, but at some point it'll all catch up with you. It always does. Um, I used to brag about only having four hours worth of sleep. <laughs> I love these. Chats. I did. I love. Them. I used to brag about. I used to brag about it, um, and I go, you know, you sleep a lot when you're dead. Um, sleep faster. Yep. If I'm, you know, you you sleep in cycles, um, you know, ninety minute cycles. So four hours, and I wake up before my alarm. I wake up before my alarm because I didn't actually get into a restful sleep. But the um, impact was um, on my body was that I was in adrenal, you know, run nonstop, sympathetic overload all the time to the point that I wouldn't be surprised if I was to reflect back on all of that, and maybe if I did some bloods on myself. I might have, and that's when I lost the most amount of hair. Was in that phase of you know acceleration of stress in my body, um, and I did that through caffeination, exercise, um, to not enough rest, not enough downtime, um, probably 
taking life too seriously, not actually having time to, um, you know, kind of laugh and giggle a bit. So, you know, you can definitely get into that mode. And that, that's kind of what I did. So the same thing is the case for caffeination prior to fueling your body. So some people will think that if they caffeinate um, with fat, uh, let's say bulletproof coffee, they caffeinate with fat that they dr- they will drive their body to lose weight and that's exactly what their body requires um, because somewhere along the line, um, someone interpreted the data in a way that would mean that that hack can be done for a long period of time. That hack can be done for a short period of time. In my experience, I've seen that. Um, I'm 40, what am I, 48 this year, I think. Is that right? 48 this year. Um, I've been practicing now in nutrition uh, for 20-odd years, 23 years, um, and what I've seen – um, over the years is the impact of people poorly caffeinating. Um, so it's not necessarily – now let's just put this into context. If you're not worried about the way your body turns out when you turn 40 and you're approaching 50 and then you're moving to 60, if you're not worried about that, then do whatever you want. Um, and when we look at people who age gracefully or age a long time – they're not necessarily overly consumed with their appearance. They're Mm. not going, I'm going to do this because I want to get abs or I'm going to do this because I want to shed kilos or I want to do this because I want to get more ripped pecs or I want to do the push-up challenge because I want to be as cool as Damo and Marcus. Um, They're not doing that sort of stuff. They're just doing stuff out of enjoyment. So when we take caffeine and we have caffeine as part of a ritual, um, that's probably fine. If we feel like we're doing caffeine to biohack, it's probably going to catch up with us because there's a different intention surrounding it. If we caffeinate in a large quantity, a mega large kick-ass massive almond latte um, bordering on oat milk more often than not, we're likely to be challenging our body. Yes, we may be doing something a little bit healthier than cow's milk maybe um, by doing oat um, or almond or turmeric or whatever it is, um, if you're doing all of that, the impact is still happening on your body. If you push your body into sympathetics and you're already running on sympathetics, and Marcus Pierce, you are running on sympathetics. Um, is that good or not? If, if you push further into that and you don't enable your body to go into parasympathetics, which is your rest, uh-huh. digest, yes, yes, and yes. repair, if you don't go into rest, digest, repair when you're eating food, you won't maximize the um, output of your fuel, mm. and and that'll become a problem. And that's where you might store some. That's where you might get a little tubby tummy. That's where you might get if you're um, hormonal, if you're a, a lady and you've got estrogen running through your system, you may start to store body fat in areas where you don't want to store it. You might find it harder to burn fuel. Um, for men, you might become more estrogenic. Um, and as you get older, you'll increase your risk of heart disease and you'll increase your risk of different types of cancers, including prostate cancer and bladder cancer. So there's different things that actually happen as a result of it. So we've just got to be careful of it. We've got to be mindful of it. It's not a, I'm not saying this is a set and forget, but just understand that caffeine has an impact on your body that drives a biochemical effect within your body. I hope this is, I hope this is pushing people's buttons as much as it is mine because I'm thinking of a lot of different questions that come up. So are you saying okay one okay a question just from that is for the people that are listening um that are does coffee or caffeine have a a worse impact on people that are slow metabolizers versus fast metabolizers? That's my first question. 
Um, yeah, it does. Um, it does because caffeine lasts in the body for longer. And so a lot of people over drink it. And so then they've got caffeine running through their body for a longer period of time. So then your body stays in a sympathetic mode and you pump out more adrenaline from your adrenal glands in response to the caffeine um, over a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So it doesn't so, get that opportunity to normalize and come down, you know? Yeah. So I know for Sarah, my Sarah, she will have a chai. And I think yeah. the caffeine in tea is more of a calming. A calming release, you'd know it far better than I would. My terminology is not so great here. But there's nowhere near the spike when you're having a tea versus a coffee. Would that be fair to say? Uh, no. Well, yes. Well, it's kind of like a little fright as opposed to a big fright. Yeah. So, um, you're not, you yeah. know, you're not going to break into a sweat necessarily. You still get the fright. So, it still yeah. gives you a little bit of a lift. Um, but it's not as big a lift. It's not as much caffeine, I yeah. suppose. Which, which for a, a – yeah, so which for a slow metabolizer – is the uh, better option, right? So, More than enough. Yeah. So then um, something that came up earlier that you mentioned about coffee or caffeine is a drug. And look, essentially anything can be a drug, but there are some drugs that are harder than others. Um, yep. you know, Laura has said, and I'm glad she said it because there's a lot of people that would say the same thing. I couldn't imagine doing my job without coffee. Yeah. Uh, right? Lots of love. Same. So, yep. so, so I, I, I ask the inconvenient question around this is what does that demonstrate? And I know a lot of people that like if I can't function without my coffee. I'm, I'm not one that I can function without a coffee. I just really love the taste of a coffee. But I could have a turmeric latte, a golden milk or a, I don't know, a chai or a whatever. But um, I want to know that perspective because this is something we've never really investigated a lot in Ikaria, for example, except for except for um, Thaya and, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> Lana, frappe. Like she cannot function without her coffee, right? So yes, I don't want to make yes. any sweeping statements around this. But what I would love to know in, in your professional opinion, what does that represent physiologically for the person that says, I can't function without my coffee? What is that, what, what is that feedback uh, if you were to translate it? It's probably an addiction, to be honest with you. That's probably what it comes down to. You, your body's become – it's a requirement now for your body to function or for you to feel like you can function appropriately. It's probably um, an addiction to the, the impact or the effect of caffeine on your body, probably. It could just be that there's a trigger there that when you put the warm cup to your lips and you smell the coffee and you get a little taste of it, um, that there's a trigger in your body that just goes, okay, good, we are ready to go. So that's mm. that's a pretty good thing. So, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So and there's and then I've got down questions here around like the social triggers. Like for me, I only have a coffee out in the world. I don't have coffee at home. It just doesn't do it for me. I just I feel like ah, oh, I'm with humanity. I'm seeing people. Yeah. I'm talking right. So there's all of those anchors, I suppose. But um, on on an internal level, like. Mm-hmm. Most people that drink coffee are going to die. They're going to live their whole life drinking coffee. Yep. Like you go again, just let's yep. use Ikaria as an example. They'll sit out the front yep. of the bar or the cafe yep. and they'll have four coffees yep. with friends and they're never going to quit coffee. So nah. even if it is these triggers that you talk about and it is a, it is giving us a sign that there's an addiction and the rest, like in your yep. either personal or professional opinion, is it – does it require like if someone has two or three coffees a day? I have one, but it's a double mm-hmm. shot, right? Does it 
do people have to quit it? That's what I'm. That's what I'm trying to get at. Because I'm like, you know, definitely coffee, not. wine, and chocolate. No. Everyone's having it that we that we talk to. So yeah, where do you not. sit? Here's the yeah. I say oh, you don't have to quit coffee. I, I don't think that's necessary, um, unless there's something going on in your body that you don't like going on in your body. So I don't feel like you've got to make any nutritional shift or change unless there's something happening in your body that you're not happy with. Mm-hmm. So let's say, for example, you're carrying some body fat. And it's carrying you're carrying in an area um, that will be associated or related to stress. Um, we might identify that a, a great way to decrease that storage of body fat in that particular area would be to decrease stresses and stressors on your body. Um, and then we, you know, make recommendation about maybe cutting back on your caffeine, or maybe using caffeine at a different time of the day, or changing the type of caffeine that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say, for example, someone's highly stressed, highly strung, feeling anxious, can't sleep, um, is on the verge of depression, I would say get off the coffee mm. for sure because there's a lot of things going wrong there. Yep. But if we look at the people in Ikaria or Sardinia uh, or even if we look uh, at the Okinawans who are sucking down green tea. cups and yep. liters of green tea, yep. like that caffeine is going into their body. But there's other things that they do in their life that would um, enable them to maintain parasympathetic control over their body. Mm. They rest and they digest and they repair. Now, it's if I would say that if they're feeling anxious, even their – medicine people would probably say, hey, cut back on the things that are driving you into stress. Mm. They might say something is depleting your chi if you're Chinese or they might say something is you know, increasing your armor if you're Ayurvedic Indian or they might say you know, something is causing you adrenal fatigue if you're a naturopathic practitioner. So what you're looking there for is a disease process or something that's going wrong that might need intervention. Now, if you feel like you feel your bowels are moving more frequently and they're loose all the time, you might think, okay, my sympathetic nervous system is overrun at the moment. I need to back off a little bit on the things that are driving my sympathetic nervous system because if I'm loose in my stools, that's an indicator that I'm malabsorbing and I'm not getting the most from my food and it's highly likely that I'm a little bit anxious or stressed or there's too much on my plate. So I've got to back off a little bit. And so you might make the decision to cut back on your caffeine or move it to a more appropriate place. I've always said, PC, that you're better off breaking your fast with a little bit of fuel, going to the gym, exercising, then refueling your body, and then having caffeine about 90 minutes after your meal. Now, if you start the day with caffeine, essentially you're going to be diverting blood away from the gut because when you go into stress or when you trigger a stress response, you'll divert blood away from digestion. It's not a high priority to digest. Um, and so you, when you're stressed, so your blood will move to your arms and your legs and your brain. You'll have increased mental clarity. You'll have increased mental um, capabilities. And, and this is the reason why people think that they need coffee to get going. It's the adrenal stress hormone, adrenaline, that gets that all pumping and, and feeling really good for you. But you are now diverting blood away from the gut as a priority. Your body's not going to want to. Uh, digest the food that's in your gut. So if you are eating and drinking caffeine, it's highly likely that you will increase the transit time of your gastrointestinal system unless your microbiome is disrupted and you're producing lots of gas. If your microbiome is disrupted, you're producing lots of gas, you might actually have stasis with your gut and being more stressed could slow down your gut response. 
which is the oh, reverse you've of You've opened what I've up just a said. can of worms right at the very end, but I don't yes. care. We're going to say that this, because I have thoroughly loved this, this has been very enlightening. That last bit sent me into a whole other stratosphere. But this has been, as we said it was on Facebook, this has been a coffee masterclass. If anyone can tell me that they did not learn one thing on this episode, well, they've been a naturopath and dealing coffee for the last 20 years because you just lifted the <laughs> lid. You lifted the lid on coffee, so which much. I know I and all of our listeners and viewers are very grateful for, Legend. We could go for hours. We could go for hours. But I think what I, I suppose the key thing to understand is you, you can get away for it, you know, get away with it for as long as you can get away with it for. But when things go south, if you're not getting the results that you're after, then you've got to change something up. Mm. That's all. Yeah. So I would refuel, like when Pina says, um, has it on an empty stomach after an exercise? I'll say, Pina, it would be better for you to eat food rather than have coffee if you want to get the most from your muscles and you want to get the most storage of glycogen in your muscles to keep you going through the day. Better having fuel rather than actually having <laughs> caffeine. Um, otherwise, you're going to you know blow your body up. Um, and then the other one, you know, I suppose for Laura, you know, I would also suggest that you have a little bit of fuel first before you get stuck into the caffeine. So that's what we that'll be the go. And then Julie, you know, <laughs> I love this gold one. Gold stars for you. I love it. I love so it. So grateful I never started drinking coffee. I love that. I feel I sad it. for her, but I love it. I love it at the same time. <laughs> but maybe Jules is on, I don't know, chai or tea or something. I don't yeah. know. No, she might be like Sarah. She might still be having caffeine. Sarah is the number one chai snob you will ever meet. So much so that I was in the Brunswick Heads post office yesterday and I found found a little box of chai sprinkles. Ah. Now, for anyone here that is a chai snob, you will know that buying chai sprinkles for your wife is kind of like buying – I don't know, like six bottles of Icarian red wine for like Damo and I. It's just like the – she felt so loved with a little little box of chai sprinkles. You know me so well. I love you so much. I'm like, oh, totally chai snobs and carry on like that. So it's the best. It's the best. But anyway, whatever, whatever you love is uh, – that's a wonderful thing. We love coffee. All righty. Thanks so much, folks. For more uh, wisdom from Damo, head over to DamienChristoph.com. For more wisdom from my kids, go out to the living room because they're going wild at the moment. Uh, (laughs) For myself, go to MarcusPierce.com.au. Big shout-out to everyone who makes this podcast possible. Joseph Tomo, our editor, every one of you listening, uh, viewing, and uh, consuming the 100 Not Out message, thanks for the love. Please share this podcast with a friend. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.